This past week, actually a week ago today when we filmed our last Tokyo on Fire, the Prime Minister went to India to visit with the Prime Minister there. The Prime Minister went to India with lots of contracts and ideas, things that would bring the two countries together. Typically and traditionally, the countries have not been very friendly, although the Prime Ministers of both countries really like each other a lot. They share a lot of, of, of political uh, foundations in common. Um, but behind this scenes, China is really uh, raising its head and it's trying to dominate the sea lanes and create some sort of a, a silk road where it can exert more military and political power. The Prime Minister going to India and coming back with some good news is really having a, a bit of a, a, a jolt to the economy here and also long-term effects. What do you think about the Prime Minister going to India and coming back, Michael? The well, the, uh, bullet train? The, the big business side of Japan is absolutely thrilled. Mm -hmm. uh, they were hoping that they would be able to nail down ha selling a bullet train to the uh, Indian government. They succeeded in doing that. They were really hoping uh, the, uh, the major uh, heavy industry groups to get some kind of accord regarding nuclear power. They got that. And that was really a, a huge jump for Japan to make because Japan, because it is the only country that has been bombed using nuclear weapons, has a, a nuclear allergy. Mm -hmm. And of course, currently due to the Fukushima meltdown, there, the nuclear industry, construction industry for civilian plants is dead. Right. So for that industry, and it's a broad industry employing hundreds of thousands here, they really want to export this technology. And India has a need to replace its coal-based electricity grid and has said, we want to go into nuclear. But those two different stories, the story of, of non-proliferation, of not participating. India is not a signatory to the NPT. Right. It is not a, a part of the world non-proliferation regime per se. For Japan to go and say, okay, we're going to ignore that. We're going to ignore that you are a rogue nation in terms of nuclear weapons, and we're going to sell you our nuclear technology, but you have to guarantee that you're not going to use it for military purposes. We've heard this before, though. Okay, so no, I promise. That's exactly the way that the, the Indian nuclear program began. Right. When yeah. they blew up their first nuclear bomb in 1974, right. the, the, the materials made in that bomb were from a Canadian reactor where the Indians had promised they would not use it. Promise. Promised. We will not use it for, for making... Well, the same thing in, in North Korea and uh, maybe in Iran, too. We don't know. Yeah, this, 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 this promise business is really facetious. Mm -hmm. But they came back and they now have a nuclear technologies agreement. Okay, the Abe administration has this nuclear agreement, but isn't there a little bit of irony that they haven't restarted the nuclear village here, right. and yet they're now going to export the idea of it to India, which has been this rogue nation with not signing the... Uh, uh, non-proliferation treaty. So again, in terms of Japan's image, it just gives some fuel to the anti-nuke movement here. You're going to start seeing probably pictures of Modi and Abe right. together uh, because there's a worry then that it will not only upset China, which is to be expected, including the bullet train mm -hmm. is upsetting to China because they have their own fast trains too that they right. were trying to sell to India. But it, it's this, 
it's this uh, selling of arms that suggests then that this wasn't just uh, trying to get Japan into the new normal society, but rather that there's a lot of money to be made mm -hmm. here. And 2016, January 1st, Japan will then be a non-permanent member of the UN Security Council. They're hoping to be a permanent member sometime. 2016 is the 60th anniversary of Japan becoming a member of the UN. Right. So you're going to have all of this sideline chatter and talk about a peaceful world and a mm -hmm. world uh, that it gets beyond this, this nuclear power to more renewable energy sources. Right. I've argued often that cool Japan is green Japan, searching for renewable, non-nuclear mm -hmm. energy sources. Well, and and you, you said uh, nuclear uh, weapons materials, and, or, or you're talking about weapons. And that's not an exaggeration in this case, because mm. one of the other contracts that was signed and, and sealed was the first contract ever for sales of a weapons platform. We, we, we've talked previously about the the bid that's being made for the Australian submarines. For the submarines right. But before that, mm. coming in right before it, they've managed to sell Japan's seaplanes for mm. to so it's the first military sales of a weapons platform right. by mm. Japan. And India is the first country in line. Mm. It's pipping the uh, the Australians. And that also came Via this this meeting, so it, mm -hmm. you're not exaggerating when you talk mm -hmm. about the the weapons capacity. I'm glad I'm not yes. exaggerating because I I I do have concern about this and how it's going to have a blowback effect on Japan's peaceful brand image. Well, uh, I think if if you look at it just a little bit differently, though, but, but the prime minister is really going full bore in trying to re-engage this economy. I mean, it's been 20 years. We just missed having a recession last. Uh, last month by by one percent. I mean, the economy over the the three uh, month period actually went positive by one percent, and I think probably margin of error could even cover that. But it strikes me that the Japanese, you know, they're really good at at design and systems and integration and, and building things to a very very fine technical level. And the sales that they are doing are big ticket items. They're submarines, many submarines. There's, it's a submarine system. It's the Shinkansen system. That's huge. Um, it's, it's the nuclear power plant. I mean, although it's probably a, a Westinghouse design, the Japanese have taken it and, like a lot of other things, changed it and modified it and, and really have become a, a world-class producer of Powerhouses. Yeah, but the the uh, Japan's major business daily, the Nikkei Shimbun, in its editorial about the deals being signed, emphasized that it can't be just the objects themselves. It mm -hmm. can't be just the power plants themselves. It cannot be the Shinkansen itself. It's the way those things are run. That's Japan has to guarantee that not only the 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 physical plant. But the operations are part of the deal and remain part of the deal, particularly for the Shinkansen. It's the human mm -hmm. element mm -hmm. that is so important in, to, in that. The management of how that thing is run. It's not just the concrete or the carriages mm -hmm. and, and where those are manufactured. That's not part of it. It's China the, kind of found that out, didn't they? <laughs> didn't they ever? Yeah. And they want that they the business community is very much aware of the software mm -hmm. aspect. Of mm -hmm. So that's that's a stickiness. Then that's that that relationship between right now we're talking about uh, Japan and India, but it also goes as far as Indonesia. The relationship there, and they're they're still trying to sell another train system there. I don't know if they'll be successful, but you know, uh, India has not just one; it's got a, a, another uh, bid coming up. 
the Chinese are hot on the heels there, but this stickiness between uh, Japan and India, normally the ties were, were rather uh, thin, but now they're going into military uh, exchanges, um, all sorts of technology well, transfer. Well, ideologically, they share a lot in common. So, yes. Oh, I disagree. Well, no, they're both far right. Modi. Oh, yeah. Oh, right. oh, you mean in terms of the leaders? I thought you oh, meant right. in terms of the countries. Oh, no, no, no. I, I'm saying these two guys, sure. they've got their bromance going yes, on. Yes, they do. And so I'm not surprised that these deals uh, came back in, in the Abe administration's favor. But again, these big ticket items, I think the software is something to really consider here mm. because India has really a lot of challenges uh, quite different, the the number of poor people there uh, and the concentration of the very rich in, in single digits kind mm-hmm. of controlling a lot there. Um, the issue regarding gender and, and just a lot of troubling aspects that they, they have to deal with. So I'm wondering with these new, with the Shinkansen, if it's going to be all Japanese management or how are they going to control to mm. make sure that it's right on time the way it's right on time well, here that's in the, Japan. That's the whole thing about the Delhi subway system, which mm. the Japanese government had a very big mm. part in and was built entirely out of Japanese technology. That is seen as the model because it took a country that has, let's face it, uh, brand issue problems mm. in terms of India, in terms right. of management, and show that a high technology tr- mass transportation system can work and can work as it was originally designed by in its advanced industrial economy model. That mm-hmm. that it's, that it can work. That is what they're they're hoping for. And now I disagreed with you in terms of 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 their worldview when I when you said that. I I agree. Modi and and Abe have a lot in common in terms of their, their, their modes of operation. In terms of the countries, however, Japan has a very great n- national interest to maintain the world hegemony of the United States. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's, that's yes. it's, and Mr. Abe is very much bought into that. Sure. Mr. Modi or Xi Jinping of China mm. have a, a different future. And mm-hmm. Mr. Putin has a different future mm-hmm. planned for the world. That's right. And so... This is very deft on the part of Abe mm-hmm. to go to a person whose basic strategic goals are very different, mm-hmm. but whose enemy is the common enemy. Right, that's right. Uh, and using that other person to achieve Japan's goals. And we see that he ha- he's very much the statist, very much Machiavellian in his friendships. Mm-hmm. And he, he, this, he, he, he plays it so beautifully. He goes to Turkey to visit with Erdogan, who is considered an autocrat. He goes yeah. to, he, 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 <laughs> he, he has met Putin probably more than any other world leader. He, and you know, he, he's got this bromance with, with Modi going on. And then he can go to Washington and he talks about we have shared values. We believe in democracy. He was an we exchange be- student in California. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and he can play both sides, hard politics and then this values-based politics. And no one bats an eye. Well. I'm batting. Well, I think he's, you know, <laughs> this just reveals how, how much engaged the prime minister is in the diplomatic outreach. And he's been going uh, really uh, full force over the last two months. We're approaching the end of the year. I imagine that will stop, come to a halt, and he'll be on to the economy until uh, April. Until June. And then 
we have the elections. Yes, we do. How long will Abe likely stay in office? Because he won't be in office in 2020, legally, right? I no. mean, in uh, 2018. That's a, that's a conversation that we can go on for another 25 minutes about. So Japan and India growing closer together in a lot of different ways and big ticket items in smaller issues concerning military and technology transfer. The prime minister also signed a deal where Indians can travel more easily to Japan. So if you like Indian curry, I think you'll probably be able to find some more of that over the next coming months. Please stay tuned.